0: The Baltimore Ravens lose 27 to 16 to the Cincinnati Bengals in week 18, but they now turn their attention to the playoffs. We dive into a recap of the week 18 game, talk about what to expect in the playoffs and more coming kind up of next year on this episode of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host as always, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today, tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. We're and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube and today's episode of Locked on Ravens is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And we return here. The Ravens do fall 27 to 16 to the Cincinnati Bengals in week 18. It was a game that the Ravens didn't really play. Many of their guys on offense, the defense for the most part, was it full strength? You, you had Marcus Peters out of this one, Brandon Stevens as well, but Clays Campbell came back. That was a good sign. And it was mostly obviously Lamar Jackson, not in Anthony Brown was the one who got the start. No Mark Andrews, no J.K. Dobbins, no Kevin Zeitler. So we'll talk about the game and we'll also talk about what to expect because these two teams are going to be playing again Sunday night. 8:15. 15 we got Sunday night football again, the second time these two teams match up. So in the first segment, we'll, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the offense. Second segment, we'll talk about the Ravens defense. But in that final segment, I really do want to focus in on this matchup again because I do think that based off of what we saw, the Cincinnati Bengals team can be beaten by the Ravens, especially if Lamar Jackson is able to make it back. So be sure to stay tuned for that final segment, but we are daily here on Lockdown Ravens. So if you do like the, the Ravens content, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You can follow along anywhere. You get your podcast and audio form, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, five days per week Ravens news analysis, updates, and more. But let's now dive into our content. Let's dive into this week 18 loss. And you know, I had it right around 24, 17 Bengals. 27-16 Bengals. I was I was pretty on point, not exactly, but you know, I'll I'll still take a I'll take a flower instead of flowers for that. But regardless, Anthony Brown comes in here first NFL start in Cincinnati after coming in against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago and actually doing, I think, a pretty good job. Definitely room for improvement for Anthony Brown was not overly impressive in this game, had two very early interceptions on back-to-back possessions. One was, I I tweeted it out and people seemed to like it. I said, Anthony Brown finds a wide open Jesse Bates and the Bengals take over right around midfield because really there wasn't anyone he was throwing to. There was a bit of pressure in his face. So I will, I will give him the benefit of the doubt there, but you know, I just, I don't see anything where it's like, Oh, I'm not giving him a full pass on that. It wasn't a good throw. And then the other one, DeMarcus Robinson, it was, it was a weird play with DeMarcus Robinson. The ball ends up being in the hands of a Bengals defender, though. So two interceptions on back-to-back plays. I mean, efficiency-wise, Brown was not good. 19 of 44 for 286 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He had a 6.1 QBR, 46.2 quarterback rating. It just wasn't a great day overall for him. He also lost a fumble, and we'll talk about that whole sequence in a few minutes. But I, I definitely – I know people were saying, oh, well, you know, Anthony Brown has the potential to be the backup for the Ravens, and, you know, he's better than Tyler Huntley. Look, right now, Tyler Huntley, he he gives you a better chance for be the Ravens just because of the experience that he has. I know that the Ravens' offense, it, it was it's it was more of the same where we saw the Ravens, they scored a touchdown in the red zone. It was great. It, w- it was a 2023 miracle, as I called it. They scored one early, but then they falter on two other possessions. They finished the game one of three in the red zone, which is right on par with the Tyler Huntley offenses and even the Lamar Jackson offenses before the bye week, or after the bye week, excuse me, where ever really since week three, This Ravens offense has struggled with consistency, whether it has been Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. Now Jackson gives you the best chance to win. I think Baltimore honestly probably could have won this game with Jackson under standards based off the way the defense was kind of stifling that Bengals offense later in the game. And I think with the way that we saw some flashes from the Ravens offense, there were few and far in between, but there were, I thought, Isaiah likely had a great game. I thought Charlie Kohler stepped up and made plays Kenyon Drake. I thought he stepped up in the absence of Gus Edwards who left this game with a head injury. And, And that's one of the things where it's just unfortunate where I don't, I'm not sure why Edwards was playing in the first place. I mean, if, if you're going to rest J.K. Dobbins in that situation, I'd probably rest Gus Edwards as well and just have two. I, I get that having two running backs is kind of risky in some senses, but I don't know. The, the Ravens end up losing Gus Edwards to that head injury. He did not return to the game. We'll see throughout the week if, if he's able to play. That, that would be a big loss, and that's not a shot at Kenyon Drake or Justice Hill. I think they can do perfectly fine if Edwards has to miss the game but Edwards does give you an element with JK Dobbins where I think he would be missed if he wasn't able to play in this wild card game against Cincinnati. But I do, I do want to shout out and kind of focus a little bit on these Ravens rookie tight ends. Mark Andrews obviously was rested in this game. Isaiah likely stepped up big time. He led this team eight receptions, 103 yards. Sammy Watkins actually was the second leading receiver, two receptions for 79 yards. He averaged 39.5 yards per catch. He had that long of 47 did fumble on his second catch of the day, where he just he had the ball ripped out from him. But Charlie Kohler had four for 49, had his first NFL catch and had three more after that. I thought both of these young tight ends looked really looked really good. There was there was one play to Charlie Kohler on the left side of the field. I can't remember when it was. I think it was a little later in the game, but it looked exactly like, like mirror image of Mark Andrews. And I know some people call Charlie Kohler baby Mark Andrews. I saw it on that catch. And I'm like, Oh, is that Andrews out there? Obviously it wasn't, but it, it kind of looked like the same type of play, the same type of catch, same type of movements. So that that was really cool to see, but the Ravens 10 end position is in really good hands. Even though Baltimore did move on from Nick Boyle, obviously that knee injury was just brutal. And the leg injury was brutal for Boyle, but with Andrews and likely and Kohler, I, I think Baltimore has their tight end room of the future. They, they don't need, to add anybody else at that position right now. I think I think they're pretty good and pretty set over there. Demarcus Robinson, two for 24. Demarcus Robinson had nine targets, two catches. Was not a good day for Demarcus Robinson, had multiple drops in this game. As people are saying, he's kind of playing his way off of the roster next year. The ball security issue was still a thing. He didn't fumble, but he 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 holds that thing out. He he has it out. He he's not tucking that ball in. He is holding it out there for the world to see. You know, I could probably hop on that field and 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 swat it away from him. Ball security is a thing with Demarcus Robinson. We have seen it, but he also had the drops and it, it was just it, it wasn't a good day for him overall. So that was it was unfortunate because it seems like he's been a preferred target of these Ravens quarterbacks, especially as a wide receiver, but it, it didn't translate to production and honestly translated to a couple of negative plays. Kenton Drake, two for nineteen, Tendlin miles, one for twelve. James Prochet. Opportunity for James Proche made a big catch, but the issue was he went out of bounds voluntarily, and it didn't count, wiped out a huge play for the Ravens. And those are the opportunities you have to capitalize on if you're a receiver who hasn't really done a lot, at least on the field in the regular season, throughout his NFL career. You know, preseason, you know, he's he's been good in the preseason. Training camp, been really good in training camp, but you have to translate that over, and James Perche just hasn't done a lot with those opportunities. So that, that was unfortunate to see overall i mean other team stats here the ravens ended up running 75 total plays i mean they threw the ball a lot they went six to 16 on third down which is okay efficiency you know hovering right around 33 percent, a little better than 33 percent. you know have that there fourth down they were 0 for two on their fourth down plays so you know like to see that a little more five for 22 penalty wise not horrible Overall, but it's really the four turnovers that stand out. The Ravens win this game without those four turnovers, I think, overall. They held the ball for a little bit less than Cincinnati did, 28-41 compared to 31-19. So room for improvement for Anthony Brown, some flashes from the young tight ends, but this was a game that was always going to be an uphill battle because you just didn't have your offensive stars and you lose Gus Edwards. So I I think the young guys performed admirably in this one, but I think the reinforcements that Baltimore gets on offense next week Hopefully, hopefully led by Lamar Jackson will help a ton in this one but coming up on our second segment we'll be diving into the Ravens defense and how they actually stifled this Bengals offense a little bit despite them putting up 27 points so be sure to stay tuned still a lot to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. but first this episode is sponsored by Tommy John and winter mornings they can be super super brutal so here's a tip for tackling the day in comfort grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go and when you start the new year in Tommy John you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better Tommy John has loungewear pajamas and underwear that have dozens of comfort innovations like luxuriously soft tri blend and micromodal fabrics with four-way stretch and with over 20 million pairs sold in thousands of five-star reviews people love tommy john that's why tommy John doesn't have customers they have fanatics and no one knows what 2023 is going to throw at us so you can get comfortable and tackle it head on a new year means it's time for new tommy john Lounge where All Tommy John loungewear is machine washable and dryer safe because dealing with dry cleaning is no way to start the year. So get 20% off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. 20% off right now with tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And I really do wish life came with a user manual, but better help online therapy is basically the next best thing. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with that user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck, but therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called Do You Better Help has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere 100% online and therapy has so many benefits like learning coping skills self-empowerment dealing with trauma and more and, and so many have benefited from therapy so if you need to feel your best everyone deserves that better help makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed vetted therapists available 100 online you have all the benefits of in-person therapy plus it's more convenient it's more accessible and it's more affordable all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It really couldn't be simpler. There are no waiting rooms. There's no traffic. And there's no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. We return here to our second segment of Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostreicher. Still here with you as we dive into our defensive review, Baltimore, obviously, again, losing 27 to 16 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And this defensive unit, they, they gave up 27 points overall to this Bengals team. But the thing is, especially early on, they were not gifted great field position by their offense. Those two interceptions, Cincinnati started pretty deep into Baltimore territory, or at least... Pretty close to Baltimore territory, where, you know, usually if you're a defense, you know, you you want to start is, you know, maybe the 10 yard line, the 20 yard line. Baltimore's offense gave Cincinnati the ball back pretty deep into their own territory, which was not great because. It didn't allow the defense to really get anything going. The Bengals start after the first interception, the Bengals started at the Baltimore 48-yard line. Cincinnati goes and scores a touchdown off of that drive. It was an eight-play, 48-yard drive. Then that next interception comes, and the Bengals get the ball at the Baltimore 32-yard line, and then the, all the Bengals needed is three plays, 32 yards, 43 seconds to score a touchdown there. So those two, that those 14 points were kind of gifted to Cincinnati by the Baltimore offense and look you know Cincinnati they they did what they were supposed to do they had a short field they took advantage and they capitalized so credit to the Cincinnati offense but the Baltimore defense they were not put in a favorable situation there but I do think after that the Ravens defense they played that bend don't break defensive style I mean I mean Cincinnati they scored three touchdowns on the day but it just it just felt like the Ravens defense didn't give up like crazy amounts of big plays there were they settled in i think as the game went on and i do want to make it clear that this was a fully healthy well for the most part fully healthy cincinnati offense joe burrow played t higgins and jamar chase and tyler boyd in the offensive line and every old friend hayden hurst everybody and i was surprised i was actually really shocked that cincinnati didn't pull their starters in this one you know it it was They've lost an offensive lineman. I'd be pretty shocked if Alice Kappa played in this wild card game. Maybe he does. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's out of the question, but that injury did not look good. And that's the risky run of playing. And look, the Bengals kind of had to do it because of the coin flip situation where they didn't want to have the threat of losing this game and then having to play a playoff game that in normal circumstances would be on their home turf they would lose that home field advantage because of a coin flip. They needed to win the game for that to not happen. So you had to play your starters if you're Cincinnati. I get that and I understand it. But the Ravens, they put up a fight in this game. You know, most people expect them to roll over and they were going to get blown out. They didn't have their offensive starters. It was a string quarterback. The Ravens defense, I think they gave up the points, but I think they did their job overall where first and second half splits – the Ravens gave up 24 points in the first half. They gave up three points in the second half. It was three points in the third quarter, and no points in the fourth quarter. They they settled into this game. Roquan Smith was playing with—he was playing with something. He was playing with fire. He was fired up to the max. He 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 did not care one bit about what was going on on that field. Except he is going to tackle guys. He is going to make life hard for that Cincinnati offense. He he was getting and he was, was getting chippy. He was bumping Jamar Chase after the play. He he was a man possessed on Sunday afternoon against the Bengals. He he had a I guess he was having fun out there. His first introduction to the Ravens and Bengals rivalry as a member of the Ravens, as he didn't play in that Week Five game. He was still in Chicago at that point. But th- that that's a player who I think has really he he has embraced the Ravens culture. He led this team with 16 tackles. He, he has been, I think, the heart and soul, or at least one of the heart and souls of this Ravens defense, and, and he showed it again on Sunday. He actually went down for a bit, a little bit of an injury scare, but he was able to come back in the game for them, which is, they can't afford to lose. And Marcus Williams was second on the team with seven tackles. Daryl Worley had five. Daryl Worley was targeted a bunch, bunch in this game he actually had a couple of nice pass deflections one on a deep ball to jamar chase and he was getting mashed up with jamar chase for a lot of this game and he held his own he definitely got burned he got beat on some plays absolutely but he also made a couple of nice plays too so i do want to give him credit for those and not just completely brush over and they needed him in the absence of marcus peters in the absence of brandon stevens i think pepe williams had a nice play you know the guys were stepping up Overall, for this Ravens secondary, Kyle Hamilton, you had Chuck Clark as well. As well, so I think the defense, and especially when it, well, you you want a shout out, I'm going to give a shout out. You, the rookie shout outs are in full force today. David Ajabo, shout out to David Ajabo, and honestly, congratulations to David Ajabo. Picked up a couple of really important milestones in his NFL career: first sack and first forced fumble for. This rookie out of Michigan, someone who, look, he he had to battle back this year, suffered the torn Achilles at his Michigan pro day, was really, he was mocked to Baltimore at 14, the Ravens got him at 45, he had to battle back, and that, I think that was really cool for him to get it in the last week of the season, in Cincinnati, big rivalry game, going up against Joe Burrow, Ajabo talented. I understand the discourse between George Pickens and David Ajabo. I've been on the record to say that I would still, pro- I loved, I love George Pickens throughout that draft process. I think he's going to be a heck of a player in Pittsburgh and really good for a really long time. But I think David Ajabo is also going to be really good for a really long time. And we saw that on Sunday, at least flashes flashes that potential. You also have Adafi Owe and Justin Houston combining for half a sack each on Joe Burrow. Now, Houston actually missed out on an, on an incentive. He finished with nine and a half sacks on the year. He needed 10 for that bonus. He he kind of disappeared throughout the second half of the season, but he, he did come up and, and have that half sack with O.A. The Ravens still have not had a 10-plus sack player since Terrell Suggs back in 2017. It's a long time. They've had a couple nine and a half sack guys, seven, six, but no 10-plus. So hopefully that streak breaks next year and they get somebody. Maybe it's O.A. Maybe it's a job. Maybe Houston comes back and gets it then. But I think Baltimore, they did a they did a fine job on defense. And I think a really good job once they actually settled into this game. And it, it does give me hope going into next week that with the offensive cavalry hopefully coming back, led by Lamar Jackson, you get Marcus Peters back. Brandon Stevens comes back. This this could be a game that Baltimore can win. I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. Absolutely not. It's going to be a it's going to be a fight. AFC North divisional rival game, but I do think they have a chance, especially if Lamar Jackson comes back. So coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving in to how the Ravens can beat the Bengals if they can beat the Bengals. And more. So be sure to stay tuned. Still, lots to dive into here on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is sponsored by Ultimate Football GM, and I'm really excited to tell you about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game, Ultimate Football GM. If you have a dream to becoming an NFL general manager or managing your football franchise, your dream can come true, When this game is absolutely definitely for you. You can play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for things like hiring the right coaches and coordinators. You can trade players. You can make draft picks. You can even navigate your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. You have all this in a challenging realistic game world. Also involved, GM is completely free and playable offline as well as you can play on the go as you want. And when you want to, we have a little competition going on between the lockdown NFL hosts over here. So if you want to do that with your family or friends, absolutely do it. It's, It's super fun. Locked on Ravens list. get getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in all caps in the game. So that's locked on in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Download the games, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM start your dynasty today. We return here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Monday. Kevin Ostrich, your host, still here with you and we're going to talk about this Ravens and Bengals Wild Card weekend matchup round three edition and they're playing in prime time we got the Sunday night football action it's time to play the music it's time to light the lights we got prime time again for Baltimore they played a lot of prime time games this year we've got flexes and everything for them but they're going to be playing their third and final game of this season against Cincinnati here and th- this is the biggest one this is the winner take all, advancing in the second round of the playoffs. But first, I got to get past their division rival. And I actually think that Baltimore can do it. I think that they can. Now, they have to clean up a couple things, but I think this game gave me encouragement. Again, in the fact that a lot of people thought that with everything that Cincinnati had going on for them in terms of the offense clicking at a high level, this is a team that has gone on a tear recently and has really picked up their stride over the last couple of months the ravens i think held their own in a game where they didn't have their first or second string quarterback they didn't have their number one well you can argue but jk dobbins is one of your top two backs they didn't have the number one tight end didn't have their top right guard who pro bowler by the way snubbed but regardless didn't have their number two corner their number three corner there were they were missing guys all over the place and while Anthony Brown and this Ravens offense had four turnovers, I do think they probably win this game with Lamar Jackson. And part of that is the fact that obviously Lamar Jackson is such a dynamic playmaker, but Lamar has been a lot. he he's been a lot better in terms of being careful with the ball. It, it has been bad at times. I think that giants game is really one where you look at that and you're thinking the, the end of game management, there was not great from him, but at the same time, you have to be able to, one, be better execution-wise and be, and be better play-calling-wise. In this game, end of the half, I said we were going to talk about in the first segment, I kind of forgot, we're going to do it now. The, the Ravens had the opportunity to go up and get points. They were deep in their own territory there right before the half. And so you can say, well, hey, the Ravens defense gave up 27 points. Well, they actually only really gave up 21 or 20, depending on how you look at it. Because the Cincinnati defense scored six of those points, or seven if you want to count the extra point that was off of it. Because the Ravens decide to throw the ball from deep, deep in their own territory with less than a minute to go, multiple pass plays, putting Anthony Brown in a situation. And, you know, I I tweeted out that, you know, it's bad play management bad situational awareness by Greg Roman, but John Harbaugh falls in that category as well. John Harbaugh does not get off here because I, I don't know the inner workings of the Ravens. Every team does it differently in terms of wh- who, what the head coach has the say over in terms of, do they give all the power over to the offensive coordinator? Is it a joint effort? Is it mostly the head coach? I don't know the absolute inner workings, but I, I do think both guys had a say in that, now I think John Harbaugh is the ultimate decision maker, right? He's the head coach, he's the head guy. He's gonna say, hey, let's be aggressive, or hey, let's just kneel this ball and go into halftime. But Greg Roman also, I think, just has to be better situationally. So I'm not placing all blame on John Harbaugh, not placing all blame on Greg Roman either. I, I honestly, after thinking about it, probably lean more towards John Harbaugh in this situation. But you just you, you have to have better awareness of that in terms of knowing your personnel and knowing what's going on in that game. Baltimore had a shot. If you kneel that and go into halftime, uh, the Bengals are getting the ball back in the third quarter, but they don't get that defensive touchdown. So those are the types of things you cannot have happen in a playoff game. Obviously, Lamar Jackson versus Anthony Brown, it's very different in terms of the offense. You can run the stuff you can do, be able to push the ball down the field a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, it is stuff we have talked about the entire season, situational awareness situational play calling with the coaching staff in particular, especially the offensive coaching staff. So they have to be better there. They also can't turn the ball over like they did. Obviously that cannot work. They also, they need to score more than one touchdown in the red zone. You know, scoring the one is awesome. It's better than scoring none, but you have to be able to do that because your defense was putting you in situations to, you know, you get the ball back, you're able to move the ball down the field a little bit. Kenan Drake was ripping off some big runs. I mean, he 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 averaged it was only three point eight yards per carry, but he had an eighteen yard carry. Justice Hill averaged four point nine. Even Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards ripped off an eleven yard run on his first touch of the game. I think it was. So they were getting some gash plays on this Bengals run defense, which by the way ranks number nine in the NFL going into this game. So they have the pieces, especially with the guys coming back. And if your defense, if your ball, if you're Baltimore, if your defense can continue to at least stifle, you know, I don't think you're going to completely stop this Bengals offense. But if you can take away, you know, with that receiving core that you have, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, if you can take away Jamar Chase, right? If you can say Marlon Humphrey versus Jamar Chase, or Marlon Humphrey versus T. Higgins. That's a wash, right? That's just what it is. And I, it kind of happened in this game, honestly, where T. Higgins only had one reception for seven yards and Marlon Humphrey only had two tackles in this game. So if you say those two are a wash, you can take your chances with uh, Marcus Peters under Mark Chase or Brandon Stevens under Mark. These, they're a whirly. We can put their worthy back out there if you're the Ravens. You can have that happen. That's an area where you can stop the Bengals. But I do think the important part of this whole thing was Baltimore, again, their run defense stepped up to the plate. This was the number 3 run defense going into this game. Joe Mixon, 11 carries, 27 yards. Samaje Pirine, 6 for 18. Joe Burrow, 3 for 10. This team averaged 2.8 yards per carry and Cincinnati's not a good rushing team. They came in in this game 29th in the NFL in rushing. That's an area where you take away that aspect, you're not scared by that aspect and you say, "Hey, you're not going to be you're not going to be able to run the ball the entire game." You force the Bengals to air it out. And obviously the Bengals are really good at doing that, right? Like you you would rather take away the the passing option for them and make them run the ball. But if you can say, we're not going to bite on the play action fakes because we know you can't run the ball effectively. It's that kind of little thing. It's that little where I always say, if you can make an offense one dimensional in any direction, it always helps your football team. So Baltimore's defense can step up to the plate because we've, we've had two different responses from this Ravens run defense against Cincinnati, the week five game, the Bengals came in and they were an awful rushing team waiting in that game. And the Bengals did a great job riding the football there, especially later in that game. And it almost caused a comeback effort by that Bengals team in week 18. You have the opposite where the Bengals couldn't run the ball. They had to air it out a little bit more, but Joe Burrow did, you know, he was missing throws a little bit. He, he made a couple of bad ones. And while he didn't have any turnovers, he still was able to make things happen. But he just seems a little off, and he seemed, he seemed off in the first matchup, too. So I think Baltimore has an opportunity to go out there and win as Flamar Jackson is able to come back here and perform. I think they still have a shot even if he doesn't. Obviously, it's a, it's a lot harder. And if, you, if you're trotting the Brown out there, it, it, it becomes a little dicey, just to say the least. But we'll talk about it throughout the week here. We'll talk about more how the Ravens can beat the Bengals, diving into more details in that. We'll talk about this matchup because it's go time. It's one and done. If you can't win, you're out. If you you know you can string together four straight wins over the Ravens, you're in, and you win the Super Bowl. And that's how it happens. A team can get hot. A team can go on a run. And, and you know I talked with James Jarkov, Locked On Bucks, and he said it's not the team that played the best in the regular season that wins the Super Bowl. It's the team team that gets hot at the right time. And if the Raiders can get hot at the right time, they can get their guys back. They can do something this postseason, but they're going to have to have a joint effort, have a lot go their way, and be able to shore up things that have plagued them all season in a really short amount of time. So, Can they do it? We'll see, but we'll be able to talk about that, dive into it throughout the rest of the week. So if you do want Day the Ravens content, again, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, follow along in audio format as well. We're here for you five days a week. We'll be covering this Ravens and Bengals wildcard weekend matchup throughout the entirety of the week. And I do think, I do think after the Bengals game on Sunday night, I'm going to try my hand going live and doing my first ever live lockdown Ravens episode. I'm almost at 900 episodes. I've never done a live show. I think I'm going to try to change that. Hopefully, we'll see. Not set in stone yet, but I think I'm going to try to change that on Sunday night. So win or lose, we'll either be we'll celebrate together or we will mourn together the Ravens season. We'll we'll figure out what goes on. But thank you so much for tuning in today. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, I'll be diving into more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.